Welcome to Voices for the New Age with your hosts, Juno Botan and Steve Sokolow. Each week, our show explores topics you've wanted to hear about with a focus on better health, wise leadership, and spiritual connections to help both your personal and professional life. Now, here is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Good afternoon. You're listening to Voices for the New Age here on VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Juna Wotan, and with me here is my co-host, Steve Stockalow. Hi, Steve. Hi, Juna. Hi, everybody. And our guests today are Tony Lamastro and Maureen Malone Lamastro, the co-managers of the Philadelphia and New York Rebirthing Centers and the co-leaders of the nine-month Rebirthing Breathwork Training Program and the Loving Relationships Training Weekend. Rebirthing Breathwork is a therapeutic process that uses conscious, connected breathing techniques to help you release emotional blocks that keep you from living a life you love. This holistic process, which works on the emotional, mental, and physical levels, also uses positive affirmation techniques to help you uncover your unhealthy attitudes and beliefs that impede your growth and transform your thinking in order to experience inner peace, deeper love, more abundance, and greater fulfillment. Developed in the early 70s, This process has been practiced by thousands of people throughout the world. It's a powerful, safe, and gentle way to allow your unconscious automatic patterns to surface into your conscious awareness in order to clear them and upgrade your view of yourself in the world and be more present in the moment. Rebirthing breathwork is a profound tool that resonates at such a deep level that blame becomes obsolete Forgiveness becomes natural, and taking responsibility for one's life becomes the option. It's an honor and privilege to welcome you, Tony and Maureen. Thank you. Thank you, Tina. It's nice to be here with you. Great. Well, uh, how? tell us about the process. What is rebirthing breathwork? Well, I guess, you know, the simple explanation is a... Um, Another word for rebirthing breathwork is conscious connected breathing. So basically the breath, you're actively engaged with your breath, with attention on the inhale, letting your lungs expand and open up, and then relaxing on the exhale, and then continuing to connect your breath in a circular fashion. And the, the purpose of that is to help you open up into kind of your inner world and what's present and possible for you in taking that inward journey. And most of us are used to breathing kind of on a, uh, we subventilate and, you know, you're not even aware really that you're doing that. It's why we get tight in our shoulders and different areas of our body. And, you know, sometimes you tell yourself to take a breath and your shoulders like drop down immediately. You don't even realize how much tension you're holding. So when you begin to use this kind of active breath, it opens you up to, to both physical release of stress and the release of suppressed emotions. Also, the breath work is learning a conscious relationship with your breath. For most people, their breath is like their heartbeat. They're unaware of it, they're unconscious. When you start being aware of your breath, you learn that different rates of breathing create different thoughts and feelings in your mind and body. And the founder of rebirthing just gave it to the Western world without ceremony, just to lay down and breathe and have an enormous inner experience, a therapeutic experience and a more wholesome experience, spiritual experience. So for most people, learning to breathe feels good and is fun. It's actually, <laughs> it is fun, it's yeah. fun to breathe. <laughs> I can honestly say when I first got introduced to rebirthing, I had no awareness, you know, when but the trainers at the time where I was in a seminar said, you know, breathing can change your life when you consciously engage. I like had no concept of what that meant. 
And then when I was laying down in a room with a hundred people in a group session, it was a weekend. So it was a lot of uh, process and attention and support. I, I completely opened up in a way that was so different. Like it woke me up. It woke me up and brought me into my body and brought me into my feelings and opened up an energy that I hadn't felt before in my life. Landed me in my body. All that intellectual awareness of everything I read in the books started to be incorporated in my body. I could feel it instead of just think it. So you can really experience it instead of it just being a concept. Is that what you're saying? What a difference. Yeah. And, and Steve, I think you had a question. Yeah. Um, who came up with the phrase rebirthing and, and why did you choose that word to describe this magnificent uh, well, body of knowledge? The founders in the mid seventies had no idea what was going on. All they knew is they did circular breathing and felt better. And the more that they did it, the more they just felt renewed, mm. less burdened. So it was the experience, I feel reborn. I feel a rebirth in my life. I'm seeing more clearly. I'm, you know, looking up. I'm becoming more loving, feeling safer. It just was a word that became attached to it, rebirth. It, the word means change. And, and also uh, the, the founder, Leonard Orr, when he first discovered rebirthing, his first experience brought birth memories up for him. So he recognized there was some connection between the breath and something going back to his very, very early beginnings. And, you know, it's you take your first breath at birth. Yes. So everything that's happened in the womb, the environment, you know, the energy around the, the mother and father, a lot of that, the baby is actually feeling and going through an experience as they're going through their nine months of time in the womb. So Leonard brought that word into being to a lot to what Tony said, because it does mean change and renewal and kind of a, a, a birthing of yourself into new places in your life. But it's also associated with birth trauma. Yeah. How, how does birth trauma impact our adult lives? So you're nine months in the womb. Often people are very comfortable. The fetus in the womb. Then all of a sudden things get intense and you're squeezed out of the womb into the world. That's very different. You know, it's like often we have hospital births. So we're in a warm and quiet womb, nice, often with a loving mother nurturing us, taking our vitamins. And then all of a sudden, there's a 20, a 30 degree drop. The womb's like 100. The um, delivery room's 70 degrees. So you're brought out into a cold, well-lit environment, held upside down, smacked on the bottom, and having your umbilical cord cut all at once while you're trying to take your first breath. We can call that trauma. And then they might rub your, the vernix, the cream off your skin with a towel. They often do it for stimulus. And then you're pricked on the bottom for a test. You're weighed and put in the delivery and in the nursery. Hello, where's my mother and what happened? So there can be a lot that goes on in those first moments. It's the first experience of real change. And, and one other thing I just want to say too about the womb environment, which is really the beginning of your, your beingness, you know, often in trainings, we'll ask a question around, very simple question around, do you feel you're in an anxious womb, a happy womb, an a fearful womb, womb, an angry womb, you know, so, and it's nothing to do with, it's not about blame or anything other than what was the environment that you grew in that now might affect the way you view the world just because you took in that energy while you were in the process of developing. You contain your mother's psyche. 
you're at one with your mother. I mean, you're a product of your mother. And you contain your father's coding back to the primordial ooze. It's so ancient, the infinite aspect of our minds and our coding. So all that happens at conception and womb time. And then all of a sudden, we're popped from a little womb to a big womb out here. And am I? So, yeah, go yes. ahead, Gina. Go ahead. And, and so can you um, uh, give an example without, you know, uh, revealing any confidential um, information, example, uh, like an, an, an example of, like, say, somebody remembers that, say that they were born in uh, in in a car <laughs> on the way to the hospital or or they were late or how how that kind of um, trauma would impact their adult life well if I could give an example for myself I had um, there are two two things I want to say one was I was a forceps birth so forceps are generally used to support the baby in coming out of the womb. But for the baby's experience, that's often, if you've ever seen forceps, they're pretty big and intense. So for the baby's experience, it can feel like, I'm gonna just give you this as a kinesthetic feeling, it can feel like support hurts, or I don't trust support. Or you can have the opposite experience of feeling like, oh, the way I get through this is by asking for support in my life. So I would notice in, in uh, certain, things that I was doing that uh, I'd always get close to completing something and then I would need someone to help me complete it. I'd feel literally stuck as if feeling stuck in the womb. And I would end up having to ask or if somebody would come and actively support me. Now, the other side of that is you can feel like you don't trust support because your initial experience it was hurt. one of being hurt. Another uh you know, really good example, too, is if you were, let's say, uh, if you had anesthesia, which I had a certain amount of that myself. My mother was drugged at birth. There can be a feeling yeah. of there's there's a lot of energy when birth first starts happening, a lot of energy of the contractions and kind of a real strong feeling of aliveness. And if the mom is given anesthesia, often an epidural, for some, depending on when the child was born, the mother is completely unconscious there can again be a feeling kinesthetically for the baby of a lot of energy, then suddenly boom, anesthesia happens and there's a numbing and a disconnect. So what happens there, and this is something that came up in my early sessions, is you're numb to what's really happening in your body. So often when you begin breath work and you begin rebirthing, the breath opens you up to all that suppressed numbness that you thought was normal in order to survive. Say we have a new job or a new goal, a new concept. We're all excited about it. And then all of a sudden there's a thud. It numbs out and we lose momentum. So that could be related to our birth. Also, wow. if you want it as what we call, you know, if you're wanted as a girl and you're a boy in the womb, you feel all that there, if there's a lot of, some people really want a particular gender. And again, that's okay. But in the, in the experience of the womb for a child, they feel that they feel that energy kinesthetically from the family or whoever is really feeling it. And so there's often a feeling of feeling like they're a disappointment or they might come into the world. I'm not what they want. Or, yeah, or people have these expectations of me that I can't deliver. Or I was wanted as a girl. I'm second son. So I knew I was a disappointment. I was accepted by my mother, and I was always a disappointment to my older brother and father. So And your qualities were one of sensitivity and intuitiveness. And I can you decorate. Have all <laughs> <laughs> and, and so how can the process identify family patterns, or inherited attitudes, or specific negative thoughts? Well, I mean, first of all, I want to say one thing about rebirthing. The purpose of, of rebirthing is not about remembering your birth. That does come up sometimes, but the majority of the time, it's really about self-discovery, 
and uncovering really what's present for you in present time. Although, again, birth is very significant or can be. And um, around the specific negatives and core beliefs, we often have a, you know, an interview or questionnaire or exercises we do to help people kind of discover stimulate. and look at and stimulate what's been their history or what might be currently affecting them in present time. So illness was acceptable in my family. So it was a family pattern. I was sick all the time. Sometimes finances were a struggle. So in the beginning, I struggled with finances until I learned I don't have to struggle to survive. I can go by, you know, step one, step two. I can get counsel, advice, support. I don't have to struggle financially. I can do something about it. What the breath does, it gives you that space inside to do this instead of your whole life like a pinball bouncing off the bumpers all the time. You get that inner um, gaps, peace, awareness, inspiration when you breathe. And uh, I I did the process uh, a number of years ago, and um, uh, because I wanted to have more love in my life. And after a session, uh, I can't remember what the block was, but I can remember uh, the rebirther saying, you know, repeat, you know, I deserve love. And so I, I deserve love. And I walked out the door and I was in the city and all of a sudden I saw Valentine hearts in the, you know, lying on the street, people yeah. drove by, would drive by and wave, wave at me. And so I really got to see how really how our thoughts really shape uh, how we see the world. And uh, we're hold that thought um, where we need to take a quick break. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What if you could feel better about yourself? Is it time to change your life's direction? Juno Wotan offers in-person or remote astrology readings and karmic healing sessions, classes, and workshops. These are all designed to give you a better sense of well-being and fulfillment. You'll benefit from the support and guidance to relieve stress, get unstuck, gain confidence, and more. Reach out to Juna through her website at Junaverse.com or via email to Junawotan at me.com. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Dr. Stephen Sokolow is the director of the Center for Empowered Leadership. CFEL offers executive and leadership coaching, as well as leadership training and development. Visit CFEL.org to find out more. Dr. Sokolow is available for seminars, workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements. You can also visit the website to purchase top-selling books, join networking opportunities, and a lot more. Contact Dr. Stephen Sokolow at slsokolow at aol.com or through the Center for Empowered Leadership website at cfel.org. You are listening to Voices for the New Age. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to junawotan at me.com. Now, back to Voices for the New Age. Here again is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Hello, I'm Juna Wotan, and my co-host, Dr. Steve Sokolow, is here. And our guests today are Tony Lamastro and Maureen Malone Lamastro, the 
managers of the Philadelphia and New York rebirthing centers, and the co-leaders of the nine-month rebirthing breathwork training program and the loving relationship training. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. And so um, we were talking about um, conscious breathing, and um, and and so we think over. 70,000 thought, 70, thoughts a day, and about 95% of them are unconscious. How do our thoughts and our self-talk create our reality? Well, the more you have, you know, let me just say like thoughts are kind of like, uh, you know, what you think does affect your emotional nature and the kind of like the vibration in your body. And so many of our thoughts are unconscious. We don't realize that we're kind of repeating often the same thought over and over again, especially if we're, you know, we all have some core negative beliefs that tend to run us in one way or another. And, you know, with rebirthing, we work a lot with affirmations as a way of uncovering your most negative thought and shifting it into a new place, into a positive place. A more wholesome thought. So if I think there's something wrong with me, I can shift it into a more wholesome thought that I'm okay just as I am. And so I, where, but but where would this unconscious thought, something's wrong with me, where would that come from? Where, what what well, might, give deeply, an example. Deeply, I was raised by immigrants in the 40s and 50s, and they kept saying, What's wrong with you? Why are you this way? <laughs> and also... When you were a kid, when you were a child. Yeah, when you were a kid. kid. And I was born in America, so I was very Americanized. And they would say to me, where do you come from? So by 14, I thought I was adopted, which was very insulting to them. So, you know, they kept saying, what's wrong with you? And I kept thinking as a child, you're the adult, you should know. And it's like these in repetitive, embedded thoughts get in, in, you know go into our subconscious. So when you're breathing, your subconscious goes wide open, and these thoughts might come to the surface, and you might have an awareness. Oh, that was always said to me, and I actually do think I've done something wrong. I used to wake up in the morning thinking. I did something wrong and I haven't got out of bed yet. So it was, you know, I had to be aware that, you know, I was born male. I didn't do anything wrong. They wanted a girl. So it was just an embedded thought in my subconscious. And I could change it with an affirmation or a more wholesome thought. Yeah. Wonderful. Steve, would you like to comment? Um, I think what you're saying is very important. Uh, in my work, I call that reframing. Mm -hmm. So they, you have a thought, and then there is a way to reframe a thought into a more positive version or to replace one thought with a different thought. And uh, so it's very effective, and uh, it's good that you're – uh, reminding all of our listeners about the power of being able to do that. And the transitional thought. So maybe I don't feel good enough, but I'm willing, I'm willing to entertain the thought that I might be good enough because you don't want to go from A to Z without all the in-between, you know, timing and work. So I'm willing to entertain the thought that I could be successful you know, instead or of or wanted. Yeah, I'm successful just the way I am. But it's like even in forgiveness, we deal with anger and sadness first and completion letters before we go to forgiveness. There are steps to forgiveness. We just don't forgive, you know, right outright, because that might just be empty. I forgive you for, you know, touching me in a confusing way. Well, that made me very sad and caused me a lot of stress. 
I need to deal with that sadness and stress, yeah. you know, and be honest about it before I get into forgiveness and relieving myself of that piece of my history. So the same with reframing, the same with affirmations. We often do transitional thoughts and feelings towards the high thought that we want to embed in our consciousness. Just as a way of kind of working through, you know, instead of a what would be called a positive affirmation where you try and make yourself feel something you don't every feel day yet. In every way I feel better and better. Like we want the response. Yeah, column. we want to let you and I kind of let you go through <laughs> like the response to that. You're fooling because yourself. you want to move that out of your body enough to create space for the new thought or the new reframing, as you said, Steve, which I like that word. Um for that to take place, for you to really feel that in your body. So it's a way of becoming aware and validating your feelings first and then moving into the new space organically. I would just add that as you're helping people to become conscious of their breathing and conscious of their thoughts, I ask people to think about what thoughts are serving them and what thoughts may not be serving them well. And then that gives them a bridge to think about um, thoughts that they want to entertain more of and those that they would like to release. Yes. Yeah, that, I nice. love that. Yeah, that's wonderful. I like that. I have to make note of that. <laughs> <laughs> and so how can rebirthing breath work lead to a spiritual awakening? Oh, mm. <laughs> yay. When you breathe, it's, you know, we have so much indoctrination about what spirit is what the, you know, God is, what religion is. But when you breathe, you go in in such a deep and clear way that you feel your essence and that purity of self without being inhibited with all these negative thoughts and old failures. You feel what's real inside, and that is, is love. You feel the love that surrounds everything. People have that experience when they, uh, near-death experience, when they leave their body, they leave their emotional body in the physical. And what's out there is just love. And they get very, you know, amazed by that. You can feel that when you breathe. Sometimes we have to get through um, our family, you know, some negative patterns, but often toward the end of a rebirthing session, a breathwork session, you can feel an enormous expanse of space, of calmness, tranquility, and kind of you know, love. You feel your essence. Yeah, That's you what, feel and, and this feeling of uh, interconnectedness to everyone well, and everything. Is that what you Enlightenment is the healing yeah. of separation. The more that I'm enlightened, the more I heal separation. And that's separation from myself. The more I feel in, united with myself, the more I have this experience with, you know, outside of me. That really is the heart of rebirthing. And I think any form of active conscious breathing is to bring you into the heart of who you really are and to have those kind of experiences where, you know, you're all potential, but also you're dropping into a space that's both you and beyond you. You know, there is a spiritual awakening that happens that, you know, in some instances you feel like you're being breathed, like something yes. part of you and beyond you is actually breathing you. Respira, respirating. Yeah, it's quite an experience when you have that. You feel your essence, and that's, you know, void of all the indoctrination, which just feels enormous, and, and it feels good. <laughs> feels good. Well, um, rebirthing is not a substitute for medical or psychiatric help, but if you have an illness, how can rebirthing support your healing process? Well, we always support you in maintaining whatever medical um, behavior you have going on. Advice and, yeah. So how it can support your process is by teaching you 
a conscious relationship with your breath by uncovering the thoughts or some thoughts, many thoughts that have brought you this far. I'm sick. I have, you know, maybe some, you know, disease. And, you know, we need to deal with the fear mm-hmm. and the, the mental indoctrination that is your disease. So every disease has a label. So then we go through all these thoughts that are in that label. Well, and also just the breath itself, when you're doing conscious breathing, it can help you relax enough that your body has an easier time to heal. Because when you're under, when you're feeling sick and you're in a lot of fear, you're, you're contracted in your own energy, you know, which adds to a It just increases the feeling. So when you use rebirthing or conscious connected breath, you can relax enough that your body actually has the space to heal easier. It's the gaps. It gives you gap after gap. Well, what I find in doing energy work is that uh, sometimes blockages uh, are connected with the disease or the disease. And so when you breathe, you can unblock these blocked energies. And so thereby uh, you tap into your own body's natural ability to heal itself. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, when you breathe, you circulate your energy and you feel it in, as a tingling. You feel it as an aliveness. You feel it as a sense of well-being. It's like all this circulating. So, you know, that which is held in our muscles, cell memory gets circulated. So that could be a, a big healing around physical illness. And how can rebirthing help now in the time of COVID? I think a good part of rebirthing oh. now is really to release fear because there's so yes. much fear out there because of, I mean, that's one part of it. You know, there's so much fear around uh, COVID itself and what might happen and what could happen, <laughs> you know, that a lot yeah. of, a lot of forms of breathwork and including rebirthing are about relaxing enough again so that you feel peace in your mind and in your body. Well, there was a a huge block of fear before COVID and coming at us in 10 different ways. And then COVID adds another block of fear. Yeah, and and also being cut off from, you know, not being able to be with people or do things you love to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, you have some training programs coming up. You want to tell us about? Uh, we have we, every year we do a nine month rebirthing training, breathwork training, and personal growth program. And this it starts September 18, 19, 20, and it's a, meet, a weekend a month for nine months. We also have an ongoing free Sunday Zoom that we do every Sunday. From, we started it during COVID to, for community for, to actually to address that feeling of isolation. So we do that every Sunday at noon, from noon to 1.30. And then we have another weekend coming up in October called First Breath that is led by one of our wonderful teachers, Georgia Hovey. And then the other thing, the one thing we have, we have not, um, the Loving Relationships Training, we're going to be doing in January or February, but we don't have those dates yet. And so how can people contact you? Probably the best way is uh, for information about events is www.rebirthing, sorry, philadelphiarebirthing.com and, uh, or our cells, or the, would you say the main number for the house? Or well, the that center? main number is 215-424-4444. And the website, philadelphiarebirthing.com, has a lot of information, articles, yeah. and events listing. And, so, and how about if people want to jump in on the uh, the free uh, breath uh, Zoom session? They can email us, or and our emails are on the website, but they can email us at, um, probably my email is easiest, Maureen Malone at earthlink.net, and uh, request the link. And, and also the link is on our website, actually. The link is on our website. And our biggest program, the nine-month program. Yeah, that's the most popular. So... 
most people that come to us have a background in therapy or some spiritual work. So they already have a basis for moving on. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. Our guests today have been Tony Lamastro and Maureen Malone Lamastro, the co-managers of the Philadelphia and New York Rebirthing Centers and co-leaders of the nine-month rebirthing breathwork training program. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. And we're going to take a short break. And when we return, Dr. Steve Sokolow will present one of his 35 values-based core principles of wise and empowering leadership outlined in his three books that are co-authored by Dr. Paul Houston. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Thank you. Bye. What if you could feel better about yourself? Is it time to change your life's direction? Juno Wotan offers in-person or remote astrology readings and karmic healing sessions, classes, and workshops. These are all designed to give you a better sense of well-being and fulfillment. You'll benefit from the support and guidance to relieve stress, get unstuck, gain confidence, and more. Reach out to Juna through her website at Junaverse.com or via email to Junawotan at me.com. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Dr. Stephen Sokolow is the director of the Center for Empowered Leadership. CFEL offers executive and leadership coaching as well as leadership training and development. Visit CFEL.org to find out more. Dr. Sokolow is available for seminars, workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements. You can also visit the website to purchase top-selling books, join networking opportunities, and a lot more. Contact Dr. Stephen Sokolow at slsokolow at aol.com or through the Center for Empowered Leadership website at cfel.org. You are listening to Voices for the New Age. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to junawotan at me.com. Now, back to Voices for the New Age. Here again is Juno Wotan and Steve Sokolow. Hi, welcome back to Voices for the New Age. And with me here is my co-host, Dr. Steve Sokolow, who is a child-centered educator committed to empowering wise leadership in both public and private sectors. Formerly, he served as a superintendent of schools in New Jersey. He's the executive director of the Center of Empowered Leadership, as well as a Reiki master with more than 25 years of experience. Dr. Sokolow has authored three books and has also contributed to spirituality and educational leadership. Dr. Sokolow is a Vistage speaker and is available for lectures, media appearances, workshops, and coaching sessions. And you can contact him at www.cfel.org. Welcome back, Steve. What I wanted to talk to you today about is uh, our higher self. And... uh, what is our higher self? Um, some people call our higher self our true self, who we really are. And at some level throughout our entire lives, we're trying to discover who we really are. Uh, another term frequently used for the higher self is our soul or soul consciousness. Um, as an image, most of us saw the Disney movie, uh, Pinocchio. And in Pinocchio, uh, the character 
there's a character called Jiminy Cricket. And Jiminy Cricket uh, plays the role of a conscious voice that uh, is talking to Pinocchio. We all have a kind of a Jiminy Cricket. And the more we can uh, pay attention to that inner voice, to our higher self, um, the better our lives will be and the more we'll be aligned with uh, achieving uh, our life purposes. And uh, so um, the uh, question comes up, you know, how do we access our higher self? And um, it's interesting, but one of the simplest ways of accessing that part of ourselves is to actually call upon it. You can literally say uh, you're sitting in a comfortable pose, uh, you're in a relaxed state, and you say, I call upon my higher self. And that inner voice recognizes that you are reaching out to that part of you. And um, you can then, um, you know, you can energize it. You can energize it by addressing it. Um, if you know anything about energy work, we have uh, seven chakras. And our seventh chakra is our crown chakra. And that is thought to be the seat of our higher self. And so there are techniques for raising your energy vibration from one uh, chakra to another, and you're actually raising your energy up to this part of yourself, uh, which is the seat, you know, of your higher self. Um, you can also do it. Our uh, speakers for today, uh, Maureen and Tony, uh, talked a lot about breath work, and you can do rhythmic breathing, and then set your intention to raise your energy level uh, to uh, tune in to uh, your higher self. And uh, sometimes, um, you know, we want to learn, you know, how can we listen to our higher self? That's that inner guidance, you know, within us. Um, one of the best ways to do that is to simply get quiet, try to be in a quiet place and try to quiet your own mind uh, with the type of breathing, uh, uh, circular breathing that Maureen and Tony were talking about. You breathe in and you pay attention to breathing out. And as you're paying attention to uh, breath, it creates the um, uh, setting, if you will, for you to access your own higher self. And you can actually talk to your higher self and then listen to what comes forward uh, from your higher self into your consciousness. We can also um, use our higher self to try to connect with the higher selves of others. And we do that by setting an intention. I actually intend connect to connect with the higher self um, of a certain friend, of a family member, and you can create an inner energy bridge from your higher self to another person's higher self by setting that uh, intention. And so uh, another question is, what happens when uh, you know, we speak and act in accord with our true self, with our higher self? Well, what happens is that our power increases. Most people would like to become more powerful or to feel empowered. And one of the ways to do that, again, is to connect with our higher self, and that becomes a source of expanding our own uh, power um, in the world.
And, uh, and uh, another uh, aspect of our uh, higher self is that it's always there in the background trying to help us to become better and better versions of ourselves. And um, we try to become better in all aspects of our lives, better uh, physically, uh, you know, better health, uh, better emotional states, um, better in our actions, better in our thoughts, uh, better in the way we impact on people. Uh, some of that comes from the, the messages that we give ourselves. I remember uh, as a child, I learned a, a ditty from my mother uh, that has stayed with me all these years. It's good, better, best. Never let it rest until the good is better and the better is best. That's a wonderful adage for thinking about our growth and never letting it rest. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is to grow uh, not only uh, physically and emotionally and uh, in terms of the, our, our uh, minds, but really to, to grow spiritually. And uh, our higher self is there in, in the ready, so to speak, trying to help us grow spiritually in the ways we think, you know, act, and function in the world. And now, uh, hopefully, we can get Juna back online uh, because uh, it's a question of what's in the stars for us right now. And uh, okay, Juna, can you tell us what's in the stars for us this week? Okay, so we have a powerful new moon on Monday, September 6th at, Virgo, at 15 degrees Virgo. And new moons open doors for new beginnings. And the sun will be in harmony with surprise planet Uranus, which will bring unexpected, exciting opportunities. And um, so let's go through each zodiac sign and see how this moon will impact you over the week of September 6th. So for Aries, this sweet new moon will land in your sixth house of work and health, which will be a great time to start a diet, a new exercise program, or schedule medical or dental checkups. If you're looking for employment, you'll likely find a job if you make the effort to apply. If you're working, this will be a favorable time to organize and declutter your office space. This can also be a stellar time to adopt a pet if you're looking to add a furry friend to your family. Taurus, love will be in the air next week. For the new moon will light up your fifth house of fun and romance. If you're dating, get out and circulate, for you can meet someone special. An invitation to attend a party may arrive in the mail, or you may be inspired to start a hobby or spend more time doing things that give you pleasure and enjoyment. Gemini, personal matters will take center stage this week, for the new moon will energize your domestic sector. You may want to make home improvements by adding a fresh coat of paint to the walls or clearing out the clutter. It's also a good time to buy or sell your house or refinance. And if you've been busy and out of touch with loved ones, you'll likely be invited to spend more time with family members. Cancer, the pace of life will likely pick up the pace for the new moon will shine in your busy third house of communication. Your calendar will likely fill up with fun activities and, and appointments to connect with others. You'll want mental stimulation, so you may be drawn to enroll in a class or discover a podcast with interesting information. Leo, money matters will take center stage for the new moon will illuminate your second house of earned income. This could be a great time to ask for a raise if you need more cash. And if you're self-employed, you may want to increase your prices. This is also a good transit to take stock of what you have and let go of what you don't need and shop for what you want. Virgo, 
get out your wish list for this new moon in Virgo wants to make your dreams come true. This moon falls in your first house that rules your appearance, so you may want to shop for clothes or get a new hairstyle. All eyes will be on you, so you'll want to look your best. Your curiosity will be piqued, so be open to having fresh experiences, trying new things, and meeting exciting people who will rock your world. Libra, this is that special time of year to focus on your spiritual life. For your 12th house of privacy will be highly activated by the new moon. It's wise to take more time to rest and rejuvenate. You may want to get a spa treatment, take a walk in nature, learn meditation, or explore your past lives. If you're artistic, spending time in solitude without distractions will help you tap into your muse and create exceptional art. Scorpio, your social life will pick up the pace for this new moon will percolate through your 11th house of friendships. It's a favorable time to join a, a group of people of, uh, who share your interests, an invitation to attend a, a gathering um, of kindred spirits may come your way, or you may attend a webinar that supports a humanitarian cause that's dear to your heart. You'll easily be able to expand your social media network, make new friends, and connect with people from all over the world. Sag, your career may skyrocket with the, with the high-octane new moon in your 10th house of achievement and fame. You'll be in the spotlight, so you'll want to look your best. You may receive kudos for a job well done, an award, or a promotion. You'll likely meet some prestigious VIPs in the upcoming week who can help you climb the ladder of success. And if you've been unhappy with your career, this transit can help you make a change and start a new career path. Capricorn, you'll want to answer the call of adventure when the new moon energizes your ninth house of personal growth. You may be planning a trip or enrolling in a course that will enrich your life. If you're in business, this will be a stellar time to launch a marketing campaign or start a blog or podcast. Or perhaps you'll be thinking about publishing a book or writing a screenplay. You'll likely feel rest, restless. Uh, so stick with it. So if you stick with the tried and true, you'll want to get out and try something new. Aquarius, your eighth house of transformation will be beautifully lit, which will urge you to make changes. You may want to review your contracts with your internet provider and phone company to see if you're getting the best deal and if you can negotiate a better one. And Pisces relationships will be your main focus. And so we're about out of time. And so I want to thank everyone for listening. And coming up next week, we will have um, a really great show for you. So oh, we're, we'll have Joe Mitchell, who is uh, the author of EF, he's the author of The Art of Joyful Achieving. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in this week to Voices for the New Age. Please join your hosts, Juno Botan and Steve Sokolow, next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can't wait to share more about your better self next week. <laughs>